Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Beaver fans, it's game week. After a long offseason that's felt like forever, we're just a day away as we're recording this edition of the Edge Podcast, the Friday before the Beavers. Sports one, Pac-12 after dark. I got my man Jared Hallis, recruiting analyst at beaversedge.com. Joining me on this edition of the Edge Podcast, we're going to break it all down. Jared, how are you doing, my man? And uh, how excited are you to see this team uh, finally take the field? I'm excited, man. That was one of the one of the first things that I said when I when you know the Pac-12 officially came back was just I can't wait for more Pac-12 after dark. And there were so many so many comments because you know the game game won't start until 10:30 at night where I'm at. So to be able to just kind of you know lay around and and watch that game into the to the morning hours is, is going to be fun and something that I've truly missed already at this point in the season. Well, I got to go with this right away. One of the positives for you perhaps could be, I'm assuming where you are getting Fox sports one is not very difficult. Well, I'm not going to lie. If my stepbrother is listening to this, which I know he isn't, which is why I feel more comfortable saying this. I've been using his YouTube TV subscription anyways. Oh, there you go. <laughs> So I, might, I think through that I would have access to it, but I'm not sure about that. But either way, yes, I think I'll definitely be able to watch it. Um, I know that was a, that was a big issue for for me last year, uh, but I'm definitely certainly, cer- certainly, and and it's tough because you know outside of kind of being on the West Coast, you know, with the Pac-12 networks usually having a major or majority of the coverage throughout the conference, not just Oregon State. Uh, they have kind of the primary rights, and then you see the games contracted out with ESPN and Fox. Uh, and so on. But this year with the Pac-12 not putting any of their games uh, on the network and, you know, choosing to have those games go to the ESPN, uh, go to the Fox Sports so they can collect that uh, TV revenue this year uh, is really going to, I think, open up some unique things and put some more eyes on the Pac-12 because whereas, you know, it's not super common for, you know, any kind of a TV package to have Pac-12 networks across the United States, it's not that uncommon to have ESPNU or ESPN1, 2, Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2. So I think for the Pac-12 as a whole, before we dive into Oregon State, I think they really do have a chance to kind of get some more eyeballs on their screen, especially uh, when they have some games in like the big noon kickoff uh, on Fox Saturdays too. So it should be really exciting to see uh, the conference uh, get underway. And I'm excited. The rest of the country has already been going, Jared. And we finally get to get it started this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you guys as well, man. And just for, for all the players and the coaches who, you know, put in a bunch of time prior to the shutdowns and everything as well. Uh, it's, it's you know, long overdue. So it's it's going to be really fun to watch. And, you know, I think you've got a really good matchup for Oregon State week one. I think, you know, I don't want to say that week one games, you know, in a time like this are too telling, but – you never know, man. I think this is going to be a pretty good matchup. I might might be able to give some some fans some perspective about how their team's going to do. Certainly, and 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 just you, you said it best. It's a weird year, right? And, and I don't think anyone's going to really know what to expect as far as expectations and and uh, you know, it's kind of my opinion that uh, I think there's going to be some teams, and I'm not across the conference that you know, have a lot of expectations or some teams that don't have a lot of expectations that are able to flip those roles this year just because 
you know, we don't have spring. You still had a lot of coaching change changeover across the conference. Uh, Oregon State was able to avoid that for the most part, luckily. But, uh, you know, coaching changeover, all that, having to move to, you know, the digital formats for a lot of things for a while. I think there's just a whole lot of uncertainty. And, you know, even uh, earlier this week, uh, Jonathan Smith even said it himself, you know, first games are tough. You know, it's a little unsettling to not know exactly what you're going to get, even though you kind of know and that there's some things you just don't know how your team's going to react in a live setting until you strap on the pads and go. Yeah, no, I mean, he's exactly right in saying that. And it's just as, uh, you know, gives gives the fans just as much anxiety, too, because it's uh, although, you know, they don't have quite as much riding on it. It's uh, still still a little bit crazy, especially, you know, for both of these teams, Washington State entering a new coach and uh, Oregon State obviously, you know, have a new quarterback, number one receiver's gone. So both teams uh, have a lot to learn about themselves. Certainly. And before we dive into Washington State, uh, just real quickly, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention this. And Jared, you know, this was a question posed to you and I. Uh, on the damn board, I can't remember if it was this last mailbag or the mailbag before, but one of our subscribers said, do you think there's a chance that a Pac-12 game could get canceled due to COVID this year? And we uh-huh. haven't even kicked off the season. And the breaking news yesterday, Washington and Cal, not going to happen. No timeline or really any chance for a uh, makeup of that game. It just goes down as a no contest. Uh, all because of uh, one uh, asymptomatic positive test uh, on the Cal football team and then an ensuing battle between Justin Wilcox and the uh, Berkeley Health Authority. Uh, you know, a lot of frustrations and so on and so forth going down there and even the conference uh, being kind of hamstrung by what that local health authority is. Don't want to get too deep into it just because it's not super relevant to Oregon State currently as, you know, as we prepare for Washington State. But I think it's important just to kind of keep that that humility uh, as we enter this season, knowing that how quickly, Jared, things can change on a dime. And, you know, while we've all seen, you know, and I'm say we as those who, you know, are surround ourselves with Oregon State football or Pac-12 football have seen some NFL games get postponed. I don't think it necessarily hit home until it's in your backyard. And for this case, you know, Pac-12, I mean, season hasn't even gotten started and they already have a game canceled. So, it's it's a reminder and a painful reminder that uh, not to take anything for granted this season as far as getting back on the field. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's pretty crazy just to see that it, that before the the schools even kicked off, there was already a, a cancellation. But you you had to see it coming. Maybe not a week one, uh, but kind of like we said in the response, you know, whether it's the, the NFL or the NCAA, every. Everybody everywhere that's in season or has been in season has had some kind of cancellations or at least postponements. Um, so it's not not incredibly surprising, aside from the fact that it was in week one, which is pretty crazy, especially with this, as well as that side of the country um, has handled things. Certainly. And, and we'll just kind of have to see how, it, how the chips fall as far as, you know, how things happen. And I think it's just a uh, it should be just serve as another really grave reminder to the other 10 schools in the Pac-12 and to every single one of those student athletes and coaches that, you know, your actions and who you, you know, associate yourself with and, you know, staying socially distant, all the responsible things that absolutely 100% have to happen uh, for a season to go off without a hitch. 
uh, it just kind of brings up that importance factor even more. And, you know, not to say that nobody hasn't, you know, been following all those protocols uh, to a T, but this is just kind of that reminder that, hey, you really, 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 really have to be careful. Otherwise, you know, the thing we've all worked so hard to bring back could just, you know, disappear right in front of us. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's uh, it's the game that we're having to play right now. It's, it's all, There's a big risk factor, but, you know, people want to see football. And it's been proven, I mean, to this point at least, and hopefully things will continue to stay this way, that, that it can be played in, in a safe manner. Um, you know, so we just got to continue making sure the protocols, like you were saying, were being, uh, being followed and everybody's staying safe and, you know, just continuing to be front and forward and canceling the games if need be. Because uh, overall, like we've said from the beginning since March, you know, the first and foremost safety is, is the number one priority. So uh, just got to continue doing things in a safe way. 100%. And, and again, if you're just joining us here on the Edge podcast, uh, managing editor Brendan Slaughter joined, as always, by recruiting analyst Jared Hallis as we're you know wrapping up the week's news and getting ready for Washington State tomorrow. Let's go ahead and dive into that. Uh, tomorrow night, Washington State welcome or set to come to Research Stadium, 7.30 p.m., Fox Sports 1, a million storylines surrounding this first game. We'll just kind of get into a few here, but just before uh, we really dive into it, um, Jared, what's kind of your, your first impressions of this matchup? What's kind of your, your feeling, not necessarily maybe a prediction, but how do you feel about the Beavers going into this first game just based on what you've been able to gather from, you know, keeping tabs on the team? Yeah, no, if I was them, I, I would be confident. Uh, again, as I, as I touched on earlier, it's, it's kind of – there's some question marks for both teams. Um, but I, I think having a returning coach and not even just a head coach but the whole staff – uh, returning for Oregon State gives them an advantage here. I think that, uh, you know, they probably no, – as a matter of fact, let me take that back. They definitely should have beat them last year. Um, so I, I just – I like the direction that Oregon State's headed in. I'm not saying that I think Washington State's not going to be good, um, but it's week one for them in a new system, new coach, uh, and, you know, new players even. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch, and I, I, I like Oregon State early on here. Yeah, and again, we, we encourage everyone to you know head on over to beaversedge.com as we have our staff predictions. We've got uh, injury report. Uh, Jared just had a, a great update on uh, uh, 2022 quarterback Justin Martin. Is too loved reading that story, Jared. Just as far as um, you know, quarterbacks go and kind of getting into you know the future. You know, the future quarterbacks. That's something everyone always wants to know about. That was great stuff there. So make sure to check that out as well. But getting into the quarterbacks in this game, it's one of the more marquee matchups, in my opinion, and I wrote about it earlier this week. Obviously, you have Tristan Jebbia making his second career start after getting the last one uh, against Oregon to round out the year last year in place of Jake Luton, who, uh, as we all know, suffered uh, an injury and wasn't ready to go. But here we got Jebbia, right, getting really getting handed the reins. You know, I wrote about this earlier this week, too, that it's kind of a year delayed. If Jake Luton hadn't gotten six year last year, it would have been Jebbia's, you know, most likely Jebbia's team last year. Now he had another year to kind of learn the system, get ready. He enters this year. He didn't win the job in fall camp right away, but he really got sharper as the year went along. I, I, I just want to see what we have from him. I think I know the potential is there from Jebbia, obviously a former four-star recruit. Um, but we, I want to see, a, you know, some games from him. We need to see some more extended appearances and see what he brings. And then on the other side, Washington State, you know, making some big headlines earlier this 
pick rolled saying that former four-star recruiter four-star recruit rather Jaden Delora will get the start at quarterback the pride of St. Louis High School and Jared you don't gotta look too far back to uh, realize that those guys at St. Louis and Honolulu they know how to put some quarterback talent together obviously the um, home, home, or high school of Marcus Mariota, uh, Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, in, is it possible that Jaden Delora is that next guy, Jared? It, I mean, it definitely is possible. It was a big win for for Washington State. Uh, matter of fact, he's their highest rated quarterback they've ever signed. Um, wow! So definitely, yeah, definitely a headliner guy for. Them. No, there's no shortage of talent that comes from that school. So obviously the coaches and everything down there are doing something very right. Uh, so having a guy come from a place like that, you know, it, it proves that despite him being a true freshman and, and obviously young and be playing in his first college football game ever, um, if there's anybody that was going to be prepared, it's probably him. I, I got to ask, Jared, you know, you, you're, you're uh, super deep into recruiting even more so uh, than I am just as far as being, you know, diversely connected across – across the country and you yourself being in a recruiting hotbed, what do you think they're putting in the water there in St. Louis? I mean, you're just talking about some quarterbacks and we mean St. Louis, the high school uh, in Honolulu, not St. Louis, Missouri, but you know, what do you I mean? Is it just a great coaching staff? Because to put, have one high school program be able to put multiple guys in the NFL. I mean, let's just take Delora out of it. Both Mariota and Tua are in the NFL is that just really, really good coaching? Or do you think just maybe uh, Hawaii is even continuing to grow as kind of a, a talent hub? Explainable, Matt. I wish, I wish that I could give you an answer. I mean, you see it you see it in a lot of schools across the country. It's a little bit – this is no disrespect to Hawaii, but, I mean, just generally speaking, they're not, you know, a school that – or a state, rather, that, you know, is going to pump out NFL talent all the time uh i wouldn't call it a hotbed by any means so it's 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 a it's pretty strange i mean you see it happen like at modern day and in, in st john bosco uh img yes. academy bishop gorman you know just to say some georgia schools too like grayson and Buford stuff like that i mean there's schools everywhere across the country that do it um but for they they definitely have an impressive track uh record of quarterbacks in, in this recent history so it's it's pretty crazy, man. It, it truly is. And maybe Delora will be the next. Hopefully, if he is, uh, uh, he'll start showing signs of that after week one. Yeah, as far as as far as Delora and him, we obviously know he's got pedigree. We know he's got you know a lot of um, you know a lot of hype coming in. But I guarantee you, Jared, there wasn't one defender that he ever faced in his St. Louis high school career that was on the same level as Hamaka Rashid or some of these other defenders, particularly outside and inside linebackers, that the Beavers are going to be sending. And, you know, I talked to uh, defensive coordinator Tim Timbasar this week, and he pretty much flat out said, we are going to attack him and look to find a weakness right away and, you know, bring a lot of pressure. So, and, and as you would expect against a true freshman, my thing is, uh, you know, we, we've said we don't think the, the stage will be too bright. But when you go up against defenders that you just weren't seeing that level of defenders, uh, no, like you said, no disrespect to Hawaii, but in that you know high school system, there aren't you know Hamaka Rashids running around. How much will that adjustment be for him? Do you think just kind of adjusting the speed of the college game just right away like that? 
Uh, it's going to be huge. I mean, we, we talked about it uh, when we had Timmy Hernandez on here a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, it's hard for anybody to just jump right in like that and, uh, you know, be extremely successful on the college level just because the, the speed difference is so, so big between yep. high school and college. Um, and he certainly hasn't, as you were saying, he certainly hasn't seen linebackers uh, or even any any position on Oregon State's defense, uh, truly. Uh, people of that skill level, you probably didn't run into too many of them in, in high school. Um, now, that being, I'm not taking anything away from him, but just to your point, if they are able to get back there, uh, maybe rough him up a little bit, get him rattled, uh, it would be massive for for them moving forward. And just you know, you want to kind of you want to kind of get a, a young guy like that shaken up initially. Um, and if you can do that, then you could probably be pretty successful defensively throughout the game. Certainly. And I think that's going to be Oregon State's, you know, uh, you know, saving grace uh, as far as a game plan going in, because, you know, Jared, you and I remember that game uh, in Pullman very well last year. You know, Oregon State ends up losing uh, super close just on the last play of the game. And a lot of a lot of points were scored. And and I think it was you and I after that. I think we were texting and, you know, and we kind of were just like, oh, man, does Oregon State really, really, really need you know, a couple Juco corners. And you and I had in our mind who we thought it was going to be and who it ended up being. But now you bring in Rajon Wright, Alton Julian, and you think about how much, you know, just having the depth, the secondary. Um, I look back, you know, that game last year, Anthony Gordon, um, I don't remember the exact statistics, but is I believe that single game for him is top five or top seven all time in terms of yards thrown in a yeah. single game. As he, I think it was seven, 700 and something, I yeah. believe. So, again, I think after that game, the Beavers were like, we got to get better in the secondary. And they did. And they did tremendously this offseason. So I think being able to have, you know, those corners now who I think you can kind of maybe leave on an island a little bit, I think they're going to bring the pressure and force Delora to beat them over the top just for, like you said, the fact you want to try to rattle a freshman right away and, and I think that's a, a definite advantage uh, for the Beavers. But at the same token, there's still a lot of Washington State talent left over from the Mike Leach era. A couple really, really solid receivers. You know they're always going to have good receivers up there. And then Max Borgie, one of my favorite running backs in the league. Uh, he can do everything. He's a great pass catcher, a pretty good runner as well. He really is like that total, like, I'm going to use a fantasy reference, that total PPR back. You know, he does a little bit of everything for them last year. So uh, he'll be a challenge as well. But I will give the advantage to Oregon State's defense over Washington State's offense slightly just based on the fact that they're changing systems. Uh, they're coming in with a true freshman quarterback. And Oregon State has a lot more experience on that side of the ball. We also, I mean, you gotta, you also have to touch on, you know, how it can be a little dangerous. Of course, ideally, you're going to get back there and, and – you know, lay a hit on them, get them, get them rattled a little bit. But what that opens up is an opportunity for a big play for them. And uh, if he's able to connect on some some deep balls, or you know, even if it's just nickel and diamond down the field consistently, uh, then his confidence is going to shoot up. And uh, you know, depending on how well Oregon State's offense is able to play, you know, because there is some question marks there, um, then you know, a few few big plays could be all you need. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think uh, I think that the, the offense will be pretty good. Uh, I, I think it will take a little bit of time for them to really settle into what they can be. 
but you really don't want to allow him to to hit some some deep shots, you know, in the first half or especially not in the first quarter, because uh, that could really get a young kid's confidence going, and uh, can at that point it starts to get a little dangerous. You know, it's it's interesting you bring up a, a young kid's confidence, Jared, and and it actually has to go back. Do you know that uh, Jaden Delora is the first true freshman quarterback to start the opener for Washington State in program history? Wow. So for them, okay, right? And then here's where you take it a step further. He's not the first true freshman to start a game, but he's the most recent true freshman to start a game uh, for Washington State since Luke Falk made his debut as a starter. I believe it was when Connor Halliday was hurt against Oregon State several years ago when he was just getting started and he went on to throw for 400 or 4 450 if I can remember correctly and led or and led uh, Washington State to uh, a victory uh, over Oregon State I believe that was in the final year of the Riley era in 2014 I'll have to check my my schedule and math on that but point being it, you know it, there have been situations in the past where you know that guy like you said who you know, could get some confidence and go off, so to speak, has done it against Oregon State in the past. So, you know, I, I'm weary, kind of like you, just in that respect of, you know, I think this is a kid that's got a lot of confidence, you know, coming from a big-time program um, and a big-time, you know, high school powerhouse. He knows what the last couple quarterbacks in front of him have been able to do with their college careers and their pro careers. And uh, again, like you said, Nick Rolovich bringing him to the Power Five, you know, that's that, that was definitely a good landing spot for him. So overall, uh, I think the Beavers have, like I said, I think they have an advantage on defense. But don't count out the fact that I think Delore is going to be able to make some plays. And, you know, that's why when we'll get into it when we wrap up here in a few minutes with my prediction. But I think Washington State will score some points. I don't think it's going to be a, uh, like, a um, like an Oregon State defensive battle by any means. I do think points will be scored. I think the Beavers will score a little bit more. But. Definitely look for some big plays because I think there will be times when Delora is able to find a rhythm and connect with you know any number of his um, really special skill position players. But just to kind of begin to wrap up, let's transition to the other side. Uh, Jared, what do you like or not like about the matchup between Oregon State's offense, Washington State's defense? Obviously, last year, the Beavers, not a lot of trouble scoring on the Cougs up there in Pullman, uh, but a different offensive um, uh, system, or not, or not system, um, personnel a little bit with Jake Luton under center and Isaiah Hodgins uh, at receiver but for the most part largely the same how do you like that matchup yeah that's that's the biggest thing to watch for for me is just how how is the team going to come in and and adjust to the new personnel are they going to be able to you know one thing I really liked about Oregon State's offense last year is I felt like they always 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 would either score on the first drive or, or very shortly after. They were really I remember watching the first game last year and they came out and just scored like that right away. And uh, they continued to do that throughout the season. Um, a lot of that was because of Jake Luton. You know, he's a, he was a really great quarterback who made very few mistakes. Um, so if if Tristan can do at least I would say like three fourths of what Luton did as far as the turnover to uh, to completion and touchdown ratio goes then I think you could think it could be successful but that's to me the biggest thing to watch for there is just how is the offense going to play are they, are they going to come out slow uh or will they be the same team that we saw last season who like again against 
against Washington State put up like 50, 53 points, I think it was. Yeah, certainly. So. And, and I think that's, that's a good point. I, like I said, you know, I get a lot of people were like, oh, this could be another shootout. I don't know if that'll necessarily be the case in week one. We'll, I mean, you know, I think it could go a lot of different ways. But as far as like the Oregon State offense, I think they're going to lean on Jamar Jefferson like they did when he was a freshman and he was a freshman All-American. If there's anything that I've learned throughout fall campus that the Beavers feel confident, you know, that they've got six or seven or even eight receivers but not necessarily that marquee guy, right? That Isaiah Hodgins that was there where you'd be like, okay, we're going to Isaiah here. And Jake would do that a lot the last year. It's just he'd zone in Isaiah and Isaiah would make the play, you know, seven, eight times out of 10. And that was why the Beavers had a lot of offensive success. Now with Jamar Jefferson healthy, I expect them to establish a run game and then work in a lot of play action pass in this game. Just because I think if they can get that run game going, Jamar Jefferson is itching to get back on the field and kind of establish himself again as the lead back after, you know, having um, splitting duties with Artavis Pierce while also being a little banged up last year. So I think he'll be really motivated to start that run game. And Coach Lindgren really likes to have uh, a strong run game. And then once you can open up the play action pass, I think Jebby is really good at being able to do that play action pass, especially in bootleg scenarios. He's more mobile than um jake luton was and uh, i think even a little bit nimble or a little quicker so um i think that could change and tweak the offense a little bit but uh on the flip side washington state still got some guys i mean some solid guys from uh, a defense that you know showed potential and you know um even was able to um you know have some decent moments last year this one's a little bit more interesting for me but i just think again experience on Oregon State side. Jebbia, right, not a ton of starts, but still really experienced. You know, the difference between him and, like, Delora, as far as experience go, is, you know, the size of the Grand Canyon. You got Delora, a true freshman who's entering the college foray for the first time. Jebbia has known everything about Lindgren's system uh, for the better part of a year, and now it's just fine-tuning and developing the chemistry. So, uh, I think it'll be a, a pretty good matchup in that regard, and, and we'll get into it in the predictions. But uh, I think Oregon State will be able to score some points. Yeah, yeah I think I think they will too. But, again, not, nothing like last season. Um, we talked about it again, just going back to that episode with Timmy. Uh, the, the experience that he was able to get against Oregon last year could prove to be you know huge, especially for a week one matchup like this, because um, he's, he's not completely new to the game. Uh, similarly to a guy like uh, Dolores. So it'll be interesting. I, I've got them scoring some points as well. I think our predictions are pretty close. Um, so it'll be it'll be fun to watch, but I, I like the Beavs. Certainly, and we'll go ahead and kind of wrap up the podcast, uh, just cutting into predictions. And once again, uh, I'll be live from Research Stadium, one of the uh, select few that will be there on Saturday night uh, to watch that game. So, again, make sure to stay tuned to BeaversEdge.com for just all the latest. Uh, it's going to be really exciting to – you know, be back in the fold and have, you know, game day stuff and, you know, be back on the field at Reister Stadium and all those things that go along with it. So definitely an exciting next to 48 hours for uh, the website. Jared, just getting into the predictions here. I'll let you uh, go ahead and uh, lead it off. Yeah, so I've got I've got Oregon State um, again, as I've been saying, I got I got I got the beeves. Um, I think I think Delores is going to be able to make some plays. Uh, but overall, I just like the experience that Oregon State has. And again, I said it earlier, I like the direction that the program's heading in. I think uh, Coach Smith is going to have the boys ready to go. 
and uh, they're going to come out and, and, you know, be able to uh, to make somewhat of a statement. I think it's going to look like a really great win for, for uh, the program. So I've got, got Oregon State uh, by a score of 35 to 24. 35-24. Well, I'm close. I also got the Beavers winning. I think um, this season with this team, and you know, you say it all the time, every year's different, every team's different. Um, this season, the Beavers, even though they didn't have their spring, even though they had a delayed fall camp and all that, they still boast a ton of experience. We knew after the end of last season, this year was this year, this team was going to bring back a good amount of experience. And if they were able to add those pieces, you know, you and I mentioned it all offseason. You know, they added some great corner pieces that, you know, we knew that were absolutely critical to their success. You know, they were able to, you know, add in a few other, you know, little spots here. You know, I think of a guy on the defensive line who I think could make a difference this year. A guy like Tavis Shippen, right? Again, another just little, little additions here, right here and there, because you saw last year the Beavers were close. They were close, but couldn't quite get over the hump. They added some talent, and that's where I think it's going to be a huge advantage in this contest because the Cougars are bringing in a new coaching staff. They didn't have spring. They're starting a new true freshman quarterback, and that's not to take anything away from them because I think they're a solid program and a program that you know has been more solid than Oregon State uh, for the last you know decade or so, half decade or so with Mike Leach. But I just think the experience and the the, the kind of wherewithal and know. Uh, in the system is going to benefit uh, the Beavers over the Cougs. And, and I got a one in my 10. I got 31, 21. Uh, I think the Beavers are score, but I do think uh, Delora and the Cougs will, you know, score a couple touchdowns. Could it even maybe be 14, 14 at like halftime Beavers pull away late. I could see that. Do the Cougars maybe get a couple uh, in garbage time to make it look closer possible. But uh, I do think the Beavers will win. I got them 31, 21. So it sounds like Jared, you and I both got the Beavers starting off. 1 and 0 oh, which would be the first time in the Smith era that that was, that that has happened. Yeah, no, I, I mean I think a lot of people see, you know, just excluding all Oregon State bias, I think a lot of people are seeing the same things that we are uh and it would be super interesting and honestly I I think a loss here wouldn't look very good. Well, that'll go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the Edge Podcast. Again, big thanks to uh, my recruiting analyst, Jared Hallis, for joining me here as uh, we're recording this on a Friday before the Saturday of uh, Washington State, Oregon State. Jared, just on a scale of 1 to 10 before we, uh, before we kind of close, um, how excited are you to be able to see this team finally take the field? I think I'm probably about a 9 right now. Just not even the Beavers, but just Pac-12 in general. I'm excited to see local football come back, man. I'm amped. Yeah, I'm pumped. Every every time I've every time the the new conferences, not new conferences, but uh, the conferences who haven't been playing have come back. Uh, I've been, really enjoyed watching it. And you don't, as the old saying goes, you don't realize what you have till it's gone. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch Pac-12 football be back, and especially Oregon State. So I'm I'm super excited, man. I'm ready. I'm ready for tomorrow to to, to be here. Those are some words of wisdom, Jared, some absolute words of wisdom. I love it. And uh, make sure to stay and keep it tuned to beaversedge.com throughout the weekend as Jared and I have a whole host of coverages. Jared's got his reoccurring feature focusing on uh, the high, the, the stars of Washington State and Oregon State as high school players. Really looking forward to seeing that as well. So there's a lot of good things going on at beaversedge.com. And, and again, that's where you're going to want to keep it locked. We'll have coverage starting 
tomorrow evening. Uh, I'll be at Research Stadium, so check in a couple hours before kickoff as I'll be making my way down to Corvallis, and uh, we'll see how the chips fall from there. Jared and I will be back uh, on the podcast next week to recap and preview Washington. So until then, uh, Beaver fans, enjoy your first game and Pac-12 fans everywhere. Uh, enjoy the conference being back, at least uh, for now, like Jared said. We don't know how things are going to change, so enjoy every game as you get them this year.